This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live and on location as we are every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Uh, love being at this spot. It's always a lot of fun. Got a lot of going going on right now. Got a lot of action on the TVs. A lot of drinks are being poured up right now. A lot of food specials going on. And, of course, we have a ton of prizes that we want to hand out. And when I say a ton of prizes, I mean, we always have a lot of prizes. But, Raider Nation, we are locked and loaded with a ton of prizes today. I got a Modelo bucket where you can have your own little party at the house and you can load this bucket up with some beers or some waters or whatever the case may be. We actually have another bucket over here that Danny's got loaded up with some waters right now. Perfect use of it. Uh, we got some cups. We got koozies. We've got all kind of T-shirts. You want to talk about T-shirts. People always say, Q, can I get a T-shirt? Q, can I get a T-shirt? Well, now is the time to shine. There's plenty of T-shirts here at our table. We have a bunch of sunglasses here at the table. Now, I'll tell you this. It's not a lot of sun outside, but you can still look cool with some shades on, and we got them for you. We got everything you need, including this Modelo Raiders football. It's a Nerf football. It is fantastic. The minute I saw it, I don't even know when we got this. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have no idea when we got this. Somewhere in between last week and this week, it just appeared. As soon as I saw it, I said, oh, man, that's mine. (laughs) That's mine. I'm taking that thing home. So there's a good chance that this is going to go home with me. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you right now. There's a chance this thing is going to go home with me. But if you come by... And, you know, you talk to us and hang out with us for a few minutes. You may be able to get it from me. I'm just saying. I might have a nice little warm spot in my heart and allow it to go. But I really like it, so there's a good chance it won't. But, no, there's a lot of prizes for you. Come on by and hang out. We're going to be here uh, up on, all the way up until at least halftime of tonight's game, Pittsburgh and the Cleveland Browns. And this is uh, potentially Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field. Could be potentially Big Ben's one of the final games of his career. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, the Cleveland Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs just that quick. Things happen. They went from being a, a front runner to being in the playoffs to being out of there just that quick, fast, and in a hurry. But uh, tonight will be a fun game to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, and this is where we're going to do it at here at the Underground Lounge. Coming up on the show today, have some really good guests. Normally we have Jim Plunkett. He's actually in uh, traveling right now, so he's going to join us on the show tomorrow at 2.30. That's normally his time. So uh, today at 2.30 we'll have Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He'll break down what he saw from the Raiders' defense, the way that they were able to, to – to limit the Colts. Now, they didn't really limit Jonathan Taylor. He still had a good day, over 100 yards rushing, but it wasn't 100 yards that wrecked the game. There's a difference between 100 yards that wreck a game and just 100 yards, and I don't want to make it sound like it wasn't really that serious, but for the most part, the Raiders did a really good job defensively. Now, they had a a couple mistakes when Trayvon Merrick and Casey Hayward couldn't decide uh, who was going to make the play, and neither one of them made the play, and T.Y. Hilton gets a touchdown. Uh, That's something that shouldn't happen. One of those guys has to come down with the ball and make a play, but uh, for the most part, the defense did a really good job. So we'll talk to Ted as, Ted as he breaks down film. We'll talk about the defense in particular, but I also want to talk about Hunter Renfro, who's just continues to be amazing. Uh, over 1,000 yards now for the season, 99 catches on the season, and, of course, came up money when the Raiders needed him the most. And for that mark, so did Derek Carr. Derek Carr had to deliver the rock, right? And he delivered the rock. Two minutes left to go in the game. I'll tell you, Raider Nation, and you can call me a liar, and it's easy to say on Monday, I really had no – doubt that with two minutes left in the game and Derek Carr had the ball that the Raiders were going to win that game I really had no doubt I sat on my couch and I told the wife 
It's exactly what you need. Two minutes, and Derek Carr had the ball. What more do you want? And they ultimately go and get that victory and prove to 9-7 and seven on the season and make it a big-time game that has been flexed to Sunday night football. Raiders, Chargers, Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. I mean, it doesn't get too much better than that. You want to talk about turning the city into a football city quick, fast, and in a hurry? How about playing a Sunday night football prime time for all the marbles, getting into the playoffs? That's, I mean, that, it doesn't get any better than that, and I'm expecting Allegiant Stadium to be electric. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people that fear, oh, there's too many fans from the other team going to be there. If, you, if I could tell you how many times I've been hit up just last night and today about, Q, if you hear about some extra tickets, let me know. I need four. Q, I need two. Q, I need four. Like, I'm Ticketmaster or something. I mean, hey, I, 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 I've been telling you, if the team starts winning games, you know what's going to happen? That bad boy is going to be packed. And I'm anticipating it being a packed house on Sunday night for an epic game, really. And I know there's been people that have hit me up and said, you know, Q, there's actually a way that the Raiders could already be in the playoffs before that game even happens. There is. You know, the Jags would have to beat the Colts, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would have to win or lose one of the games, which they very easily could lose tonight. So, yeah, that Sunday night football game, the Raiders could already technically be locked into the playoffs before they even play. But who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? I hope the Colts win. I really do. I hope the Colts win, and I hope the Steelers win. What more do you want? What more do you want? Win and you get in. What's the motto? Just win, baby. That's how, I want it. That's how I want them to earn their way into the playoffs. They've, they're on a three-game winning streak, something I didn't think was going to happen. Just go win another game. Now, of course, anyone in Raider Nation would be a fool not to take the backdoor way of getting in. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've all gotten into the club through the backdoor once in a while, but sometimes it's nice to walk through the front door and know that you belong, right? You know, every once in a while I get a little bougie every once in a while. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I take the, the street routes away and I'll, I'll, I'll walk through the door knowing that, hey, I can afford to be at this table, or I'm good to be at this table. I didn't always have to sneak into the club, you know what I mean? So that, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you can, you can backdoor your way into the, the playoffs, but you really don't want to do that. Just go out there and win the game and show that you belong. That's what I'm anticipating. So Ted Nguyen will talk to us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, our, our good buddy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, he'll break down what he's seeing from the silver and black and what has really fueled them in this three-game winning streak that they're on. Uh, I'm telling you, I was – I really barely slept last night, Raider Nation. I mean, I really barely slept. And the, the reason why is because every time I kept waking up, I kept thinking, you got to win or get in situation. Like, that's all. And that's, there's a problem there. There's a problem when it's 2 or 3 in the morning, and I'm waking up thinking about what the Raiders have an opportunity to do. There's a real deal problem. I know I got a sickness, and that's okay. That's, <laughs> these days, it's the best kind of sickness to have, right? It's a football issue, you know? But I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for this show. I'm excited for this station. I'm excited for Raider Nation. Uh, a, a fan base that has been beat up all season long. I got more to talk about that in a little while, but I'm, I'm just excited about the opportunity that the Raiders have, and you should as well. So uh, Ed Graney will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll also talk a little bit of UNLV as now they have a permanent uh, athletic director. They have removed the interim tag, and now they have a, 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 a full-time AD. So we'll talk to Ed about that as well. And then we'll take a little bit of a pivot at 3.30. Carolina Teague, she's, uh, she's joined the show many times. She's a Spurs insider for San Antonio Sports Star uh, in San Antonio. She does a fantastic job in the hoop game. She does a fantastic job in the fighting game. But we're going to have her on the show to talk about Becky Hammond, who Mark Davis, Raiders owner Mark Davis, also LV Aces owner Mark Davis, hired Becky Hammond to be the new head coach of the LV Aces and gave her a handsome amount of money. I mean, a big-time check like five million dollars making her the highest paid WNBA coach in the league so that got me excited when I saw that one I, I've, I really respect the hell out of Becky Hammond and I want her to be a head coach uh, at some point 
and the NBA has not given her that opportunity yet. She's worked with Greg Popovich for a very long time. I respect her work, and I think she could be a head coach in the NBA. I absolutely do. But she hasn't got that opportunity yet. Mark Davis says she wanted, he wanted her to be a head coach right now. So she took that opportunity. She played for the organization when they were back in San Antonio. She's a hell of a player, a hell of a coach. And I think the LV Aces just got a really good one. She met with the media a little while ago. But uh, Carolina, it's so funny. This is, how, this is how I think, and this is how I'm wired. And Damon, who's back in the home studio doing a fantastic job, he, uh, he already knows kind of how I'm wired. I'm always thinking of how a story in sports can relate to this radio station or how we can bring it into an element of this show. I went – to reach out to Carolina to ask her, and this was on, what day was it, Friday, I believe, that it was announced that she was about to be the head coach, and then it was confirmed over the weekend. I think it was Friday. My days kind of run together when, when we have a day off. I get confused. But I went to reach out to her, and I promise you, immediately when I said, hey, would you be available Monday at 3.30, she hit me back and said, Q, I was just about to reach out to you because I wanted to be, because she's fired up. She's really fired up as a woman in sports and, a, and someone who's a big-time supporter of Becky Hammond. She is fired up. A lot of Spurs fans are disappointed because they thought that she was going to be the next head coach of the Spurs when Greg Popovich decides to move on. But she has a lot of feelings on this hire, and uh, she's very excited for Becky Hammond. But uh, she just said, hey, I'm, I'm hot right now. And she put hot in capital letters. Like, she really wants to talk about Becky Hammond getting this job and what a, big, a, a bunch of the big national narrative is behind it. So excited about that conversation we'll have with Carolina Teague coming up at 3.30. So those are the guests on the show. I got a show topic to get to, but before I do that, I want to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, with everything good comes something bad, right? The Raiders get a victory, 23-20 over the Indianapolis Colts. They hung around, hung around, and stole it at the end, just kind of like the blueprint that we had rolled out. And then we find out a little while ago, probably about an hour now ago, that Nate Hobbs got into what Rich Bisacci is calling an incident this morning. And the incident is a DUI-type situation. Of course, uh, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, but we know how that shakes out. Uh, just a terrible look for Nate. Uh, the one thing I'm happy about is that nobody got hurt. But, you know, if all reports are correct, to find a guy in his car in the driver's seat at 4 in the morning passed out on, what, uh, Danny, the off-ramp? Was it the off-ramp of a, of a parking garage? What was it? Yeah, from what I saw, it was the exit ramp in a parking garage on the strip. Yeah, see, that, that just can't happen. That just can't happen. And I'm not going to be the guy, the, the judge and the jury, and I'm not going to, you know, condemn him for it because, again, we don't know everything. The Raiders just talked to uh, the media a little while ago, and Rich Passaccia said we're still collecting facts and information, and that's what they're supposed to do. But in a year like this, in a season like this that the Raiders as an organization has dealt with, they are the last team, the last team. There is not one person that goes to that, that, that facility, not one person that plays on that field, not one person that, that gets a paycheck from the Las Vegas Raiders that should be – in these kind of situations. They just shouldn't. They, I mean, at this point, there's enough great examples in front of them of what not to do. You know, I know New Year's just went by, and I'll tell you what, this is my first New Year's in, in Vegas, and I did absolutely nothing. I, was, I think I was at home by 9.15. You know what I mean? And I was like, hey, I'm going to stay up, and I'm going to watch the fireworks show, da 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 from the house. That didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's just, it, and it just wasn't, it wasn't that serious because there's more harm that could be done than, than good if you're out there and about, regardless if it's you or someone else. So 
It's just unfortunate, man. I mean, Nate played a really good game against the Colts. Uh, he, you know, he, obviously they, they get back home, and he goes out to celebrate. And, look, that's a young man's right to go out and celebrate. But just got to be responsible. You've got to be responsible. It is just not okay. It, it really isn't. There's been too many examples of what not to do and what can happen, the consequences that can happen. And, you know, we talked about this with the rug situation, and I said, hey, look, you know, these guys are young men. They're going to make uh, bad decisions, and they do. And, look, I'm not going to hold a bad decision, one bad decision against Nate Hobbs. I'm not. Again, like I said, I'm thankful that nobody got hurt, including himself or anyone innocent. But, man, they just got to make better decisions. That goes for everybody. That goes for all of us. Anyone who went out and celebrated on New Year's Eve, everyone's got to be just a lot smarter than that. So uh, we should find out something. I've been hit up multiple times by people. Hey, is Nate going to play this weekend? Is he going to play this week? I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. I don't know what the punishment's going to be. I don't know when they're going to come up with the, you know, the conclusion of their investigation. He has a court date in May, so that kind of lets you know, you know, it's not going to be a quick process. It's not going to be over by Wednesday. So I don't know. You know, it's a wait-and-see type approach. Rich Basaccia will address the media again on Wednesday, and then uh, finally for the, the, the week on Friday he'll talk to the media. So maybe we'll have some kind of response or some kind of answer then. But just a terrible, a terrible look for a day that should be a, a happy day. You know, it really should be with the Raiders uh, winning their third straight game. So uh, I'm not going to dwell on this situation. Again, I'm going to let the facts come in before I start to place judgment. Uh, I've seen people say cut them. I've seen people say this, that, and the other. I, look, I am not the guy, and I don't think anyone is worthy to be the, the person to, to, to be the judge here and decide what punishment anyone should get. I just I don't sign up for that, and I don't think anyone else should. But, again, I can't tell you how to do you. But uh, I do want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Uh, in between our, our good guests that we have coming up, I, uh, I do want to talk about the Raiders' current three-game winning streak because they deserve that. They really do. So my show topic that I have for you, I actually got two of them. And it's funny, I have a, a ball in my hand, a, a Modelo football in my hand. And so one of my questions is, who would you give a game ball to for the performance on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts? I gave out my game balls on, the, on my podcast this morning. I gave one to Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, and, of course, Daniel Carlson. Those were the four I handed out. But I also said you really could give a, 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 almost a lifetime achievement award to the whole team for what they've overcome. And, of course, that was before the Nate Hobbs situation. You know, so that kind of put a little bit of a black eye on it, but – I'll tell you what, man, with what the Raiders as an organization have gone through this year and right now sitting there at nine wins with the opportunity to get to 10 and make the playoffs, I don't know how this season's going to shake out. I really don't. None of us do yet. You've got to give this team a lot of credit. You really do. And you don't have to be a fan of everybody on the team. You don't have to be a fan of everybody who talks about the team. But you do have to give this team a lot of credit for being able to pull it together when everyone, especially myself, thought the season was a done deal, it was a wrap, and all of a sudden rattle off three straight victories. So I want to know who you give game balls to for yesterday's performance against the Colts, and also who or what would you give the credit to for the Raiders' current three-game winning streak? That's probably the deeper question. You know, what is, what is the biggest factor? Who has been the biggest factor? You can even put a who there. It doesn't matter. What do you think is really driving this Raiders team on the current three-game winning streak that they're on? And really, before I go any farther, and I know we got some really good callers, I did want to – point out one, one thing and say one thing, and some people are going to take it wrong, and that's okay. You know, I mean, everything doesn't always go over the way that it should or, or people want it to go over or how I want it to go over. I'll say this, and I've talked to a lot of people about this subject, and I haven't talked about it on air because I don't want to offend anybody, but I've always been a proud member of Raider Nation 
way before the whole media stuff, way before the whole radio stuff, just as a kid going to the games, enjoying the games with my friends. And the thing I used to sell, and I sold this to the wife, and I sold it to many different people, I always told them, if you've never been to a Raider game, just go to the game and experience. Go to the game with an open mind, just, hey, I'm here to see a football game. And, and just witness what is going on. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your tax bracket is. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter, you know, where you go after the game is over. It, no, it doesn't matter your political beliefs. It doesn't matter your sexual preference. It, not, nothing matters. When you go to a Raider game, and this is how I've always come up, when you go to a Raider game, it is about one thing, the Raiders. And it is one big family affair. And so the very first time I took the wife to a Raider game, she's been to two in her life. And I referenced the, the game back in Oakland, the final game, because that's the one she went to. And then she went to the one uh, against Chicago this year. But I told her, just you'll, you'll enjoy it. I promise you. It's a family affair, and, and you're going to love it. And just the experience that she had, even in a loss, she was just over the moon. Like, okay. And, look, that's not the only person. Anyone can say, oh, well, Q, you sold that to her because that's your wife. That's, I've, there's so many people that I've either turned into Raider fans just by telling them, just go to the game and experience it. If you don't have a team, Go to the game. Experience what you'll experience, and they'll make you a Raider fan. It's just that much fun. And, again, a lot of this comes on the heels of losing. I mean, really, a lot of those times I would go to those games in Oakland, crossing the bridge as a young man, hustling tickets to get there, it would be a loss. But it was still it was like, man, we're a one big-ass family, and it was awesome. So even when we went to the, the Bears game, obviously I'm there working it, but the wife, we had friends in town from Texas, and – she said, hey, when you guys go to this game, you're going to have such a good time because it's such a family. Of, like, she took my words and sold it to them and, and made them appreciate the silver and black and appreciate what the Raiders and Raider Nation is all about. And I say it on this show, I've said it a million times, this is the best fan base in the world. In any sport, it is the best, most passionate fan base. But this year, and I don't know what the reason is, and I'm not judging you at all, this year has been just a dog and I don't mean that in a good way I just mean it has been so rough around the edges we have fans going in on fans talking about you're not real you're fake you're this you're that you're the other uh cities hating on other cities getting mad and I, I use the word hate and I don't even I don't even mean to use that word because I think it's overused it's like everybody is so angry and upset and so fired up at everyone that the whole basis of who we are as Raider Nation is, is kind of gone by the wayside. This year, I have never seen a fan base so split and divided as I've seen it this year. And I don't know the reason why. It could be COVID-related. It could be vaccination-related. It could be the team started out hot-related and then they went cold. I don't know. And I, look, whatever your reason is, is fine. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just telling you what I observed and what I've talked to multiple people about but they don't want to necessarily say that on the air because somebody will get mad I promise someone will get mad and that's okay I've always kept it real and I'm always going to keep it real I have never ever seen this fan base so stinking divided as I have this past year and that's something that I hope we don't have in 2022 I really don't I don't know what the reason is I'm just saying that's my observation so now the Raiders are sitting there at 9-7. They have this situation with Haas, but they ultimately have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, which is what Mike Mayock said in training camp. This is a playoff team, and now it's starting to come to fruition. They're right there on the cusp of it. I'm happy to be wrong. 
I'm happy to be the guy to say, hey, I didn't think that they can go on a winning streak like this, and they proved me wrong. I'll be the first one to come on here and say I was wrong, and I'm okay with that. But I'll also be the first one to say the fan base has got to do better with everybody. It's like everyone wants to fight everyone. I don't know. Maybe that's just the climate that we're in now. Maybe I'm just getting older. <laughs> maybe I'm just the old guy get off my lawn. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe, and that's the case, and that's fine. I don't mind getting older. Getting older is a good thing. My mom tells me all the time, just keep living, boy. You'll see. Maybe she's right. I don't know. With that being said, I do want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Up first, we got my guy Raider Reggie right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. What's going on, fella? Man. So it's a couple of things. You opened a can of worms, but I like you opening this can because it's something that needs to be spoken up about. But I think it's definitely the way that Raider Nation has kind of imploded on each other is mainly our climate. So in our country, we are pretty much gotten to a divided line, right? You on this side or that side, and side is me, I want to punch you in the mouth. That's, that's <laughs> where we are. It's just where we are. I hate it, but it is what it is. But then, then you got losing. Losing exposes all all the stench, right? When you might smell it and look around because you lost once or twice, and you're like, who did that? You know what I'm saying? Who made that one? But when you continually lose and everybody's pointing fingers from one place to the other, then it's all, it's like it's a train wreck, right? So that's that's where I think it all comes from. But guess what? You got people like yourself. You got people like me, you got Fargo, you got Passionate, you you got a big group of people, Raider Man, that's positive. And and instead of attacking those that are coming at us, we try to turn it and show some positivity or show some, some common sense in the ground where I'm not mad because you don't agree with me. I'm just going to point, point out my differences, right? Right. So with that being said, man, I got to put some love on these Raiders' defense, man. This defense is keeping us in the game. Every time we self-destruct and we do something that's just about going to end the game for us, the defense does something, man, to keep us in the game. So this whole year, it ain't just these last three games, but this whole year I'm giving the game ball to the D. But then I also want to give game balls to Mr. Basaccia, man. For him to step in and keep this this team together with even what happened today, you know, I, I didn't even want to bring it up. I didn't even want to believe it because Hobbs is my dude, man. I was hoping he shined so bright. And I ain't no telling what's going to happen, but for him to be able to bring these guys together and keep them focused, all the coaches, man, even Mark Davis still keeping us on point. I, I put a uh, post up, a tweet up, where I just said, thank you, Raiders, for not giving up and falling apart through all the moments of adversity. And for us to be right here looking at a 10-win season after all of that, I can't do nothing but thank them, bro. And then finally, man, somebody give my number to the Raiders. 
I'm a train driver. <laughs> I, I've been trained. I drove for over 500,000 miles in the military under attack in the desert in different climates. Call me, man. I'm right here in Vegas. I will get you where you need to go. We don't need this madness, man. We don't need it. So I'm, I'm so serious about that. Get my number to somebody, and I'll drive. I'm a definitely a professional driver. So holla at your boy. Raiders stand up. Hey, if you ain't at this game, it's best be something really serious going on that can't get you in the town. Just come to the dang tailgate. Come to Saturday night and meet and greet with all of us. It's about to go down. There he goes right there. Raider Reggie, definitely appreciate the call, my man. Lots of good stuff to unpack there. Let's go hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line one more time. Talk to our guy Shields up in Connecticut. What's on your mind, my man? I'm just really excited about this upcoming game. It's going to be the most exciting Raider football game in the last 20 years, I think. And when we win this game, I think we can go on a, a long playoff run that may get us into the Super Bowl. So I'm just so excited about our defense, and I know you got a packed show. I'm going to keep it short. Uh, go Raiders. There you go. Good stuff right there. Shields up in Connecticut, and yeah, man, you get into the dance. That's all you got to do is get into the dance, and then who knows what happens after that. I mean, anything is possible. You get hot at the right time. The running game, it's not it's not uh, over the top. It's not, you know, just the, the dominant force, but it's good enough right now. It's getting things open, and it's, it's opening up the play-action pass for Derek Carr. So good stuff, Shields Up. I do appreciate you. When we come back, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, he'll join the show to talk about that defense, break it down from a film star point of view. Uh, that was the opening drive on Radio Nation Radio 920. This is at the Underground Lounge here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We're back here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Monday Night Football action. The Steelers and the Browns will take place. Uh, closing out Monday Night Football for the regular season, even though there is a wild card game. Excited about that. There will be a wild card game coming up on the 17th. But uh, here we are. So come on by, hang out. We just gave out a bunch of T-shirts and a bunch of prizes, and you can get hooked up as well. But right now on the phone line, talking about hooked up, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic does a fantastic job breaking down film at FB underscore film analysis. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time. And, the defense, man, I, I've been feeling this defense all year long. I just think that they have been keeping the Raiders in many, many games, even though statistically they might not rank up there uh, as some of the better defenses in the league. But they're still they're playing complimentary football, giving the Raiders a chance to win games. But I wanted to ask you about Divine Diablo. He's been getting the start. He's been getting more and more action each and every week, and he led the team in tackles on, uh, on Sunday. What have you seen from Divine in, in, uh, in particular that has allowed him to continue to develop and grow? Yeah, I think he's just really, you know, I, I think he's getting better every single week. Um, yes, you know, you could see some of that athleticism from that KC game when he first started getting a lot of playing time. Um, but there was a, some, you know, he was a little slow on a read here, a little slow on a read there. But he seems just to be getting better every week, and you just see his ability to run sideline to sideline really flash. And you, you see some of that coverage ability as well. Uh, he, he's converted safety, and uh, he, he does a really good job of covering and playing man-to-man when, when the Raiders need him to. Yeah, he made a play in the end of the first half on Sunday where he just basically didn't go for the play fake and just played his man as perfectly as he could. And, and how much of that has to do, like you mentioned, that he has a converted safety and those those coverage skills are coming into play now? 
Yeah, well, part of that is just being smart and understanding the situation because he, he knew that the Colts didn't have any time timeouts in that situation. And, um, you know, if they were going to run, it would have to be later later on like they did on on that final third down, I believe. They, they finally ran the ball, but they weren't going to run the ball early just because they didn't have any timeouts. And if they did, that would be their last play. Uh, so he, he understood the situation. He didn't even look at it. He was looking at the receiver the whole time, did a good job of, of staying step-to-step with him, and then pushed him out of bounds. So that shows some... Uh, you know, the ability to think clear and critical situations and just film study and, and situational uh, football. And, and, Ted, as far as the defense it, it goes in general, I mean, I, as I mentioned, you know, statistically they're not the best in the league, but they've been really good and really kept the, the Raiders in most of these games, giving them opportunities to win it at the end like they did on Sunday against the Colts. How big of an impact would you say that this defense has had on this team this season? Uh, it's huge. I mean, I think it's the it's the big difference between the last couple of years and this year, where you know the offense isn't putting up as much points as they have in in the first half of the season. Uh, but you know, but this time they had the defense to hang their hat on. The defense keeping them in games. Last season, if the, the Raiders having offensive performances like they have in this later half of the season, the other team was scoring like 40, 50 points. So you know, it, it may look right. a lot worse. So um, I, I think this year the defense is just doing a good job of, of keeping not having explosive plays happen and, and the defense and pressure is getting them. And they, they have some actual playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And it's kind of it, like it doesn't make sense to me when I watch the defense and I look at the numbers. Like the numbers are, don't look that great. But when you see this defense and you see them make plays, it's uh, – it just doesn't really line up exactly, and I don't know. If part of that is just because we've been watching this Raiders defense be so bad for all these years that you know maybe we're overrating it a little bit. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're doing their job and keeping the score uh, low and not letting you know an explosive offense like the Colts um, run run all over them. Right. Again, it just feels like they're playing impactful football and they're giving the, the, the Raiders offense a chance. Again, it's not lights out defense, but they're giving them a chance. Uh, as far as playing ball right now in late December and early January, they're on a three-game winning streak. Is the style that they're playing right now, in your opinion, is it something that can be sustained? Can they continue to win games with the style that they're playing right now? I think, you know, ideal, idealistically, you would like more big plays from the offense. It's just hard to live on just like really short games here and there and just, you know, moving the ball methodically. And you can do that, but it just, you know, the really good offenses are able to, to make big plays. And right now the Raiders just aren't able to do that. But an encouraging sign is their run game has been better of late. They ran a ball pretty effectively against the Colts who have um, a top three run defense. And the week before they had a good run uh, performance against um, the, the Broncos. So that gives them another tool. Um, but, you know, right now they just don't have an explosive weapon on, on offense to um, really take them over top. And hopefully with Darren Waller returning, provide that big playability. Yeah, hopefully he returns. It sounded like Rich Basaccia earlier today when he talked to the media felt like he had an opportunity to. We'll have to see how all that shakes out. But that would be a huge get for the Raiders offense if he returns. Again, we're talking with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about one guy that is there, and he's been balling all season long, Hunter Renfro, uh, 99 catches, over 1,000 yards receiving, and he's been Derek Carr's go-to guy. And he doesn't have the super explosiveness, but he's still – I mean, he's just—he's been a badass. I mean, I can't put it any other way. He's just been a badass. What have you seen from Hunter Renfro? Why he continues to get himself open and shake some of even the elite defenders in the league? Yeah, he just looks like he—you know—he's moving at full speed at all times, and all his cuts he's making at full speed. He's—he's he's running such precise routes, and 
you know, it, it's time that we stop getting surprised, you know, when Hunter Renfro does something right. good because he, he, he's been so good throughout the season. Uh, he makes tough catches, too. And um, this week he, he went against one of the better, you know, the, I would say I, I call him the best nickel corner in NFL, Kenny Moore, and he mm-hmm. made some plays against him. I, I thought it was a good battle. Kenny Moore made a couple plays against him, too. Uh, but he made a lot of plays against Moore, including that touchdown catch he had when Derek Hart extended the play a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it, it, you know, I think Renfield's a star, honestly, so we should stop being surprised when he does something good. <laughs> to me, he, he's a certified star in a slot, and he makes his offense tremendously, especially on third downs. Yeah, no, he really has, and you're right. We should not be surprised anymore because he's been doing it week in and week out all season long, so it's not something that should shock us anymore. And you mentioned uh, Derek Carr and the fact that he threw that touchdown pass to Hunter and he was able to roll out. And even on the play at the end of the game, really, the the pass to Hunter Renfro that wasn't a touchdown because he was down, but Derek Carr stepping up in the pocket, Derek Carr rolling out, Derek Carr doing some things with his legs just to keep a play alive. How huge is that for the the success of the team and how, how critical is it that he continues to do that? Oh, I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's something that he didn't do a lot of early in his career. I think Gruden um, should get a lot of credit for really emphasizing that part of his game uh, with Derek Carr. And we saw that slowly improve season through season with Gruden. And early in the season, they were living and dying by Derek Carr making these plays out of structure. And it kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you still see Carr able to do that in, in these clutch moments. And it, it's been big. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Derek Carr would look with a better offensive line and then having that ability to extend when he needs to. Because right now, um, I, I think he's not extending as much as you want him to, to because he knows his offensive line is too bad. You know, he's not great at pass protecting right now, so he's getting rid of the ball. But when he needs to in those clutch moments, that's when you see him extend. And, you know, he, he's, he's gotten so much better at it. And it, it, it's, a, it's a big part of his game now. It really is, and, you know, after Sunday he has 29 career game-winning drives, and I know some people don't care to hear that stat, but I think it's something. So what gives him that, that clutch gene, that ability with two minutes left in the game and Derek Carr has got the ball, you got a good chance, and you feel really good that he's going to win that game. What is it about him? What clicks for him, do you think? I think he just understands what the defense is doing at that point. You know, later on, um, at the end of the end of half or end of games, you're not getting as complicated coverages, and he just has a he kind of hones in on what they're doing. He's extremely calm in those moments. Uh, you know, he's talked about not being calm early in games when he first starts the game, but but for some reason at the end of the half or you know games, he's just super calm. He, he knows exactly uh, what he wants to do, and he, you know, he just keeps making plays. And you know, I think a lot of Raider fans were pretty confident when they knew that uh, the Raiders would get the ball with two minutes left and a chance to score at the end. I think you know. We've all seen this story before from Derek Carr, and he, he delivered once again. Yeah, he really did. And I'll tell you, I was one of those guys that I just felt like, hey, there's no doubt he's going to find a way to get them down the field, and they're either going to get a touchdown or they're going to kick a field goal. And uh, honestly, the field goal made more sense because it ran out the clock. So uh, I, I was okay with that. But, uh, yeah, he just something about it. You just feel really confident that he's going to go ahead and get it done. And, Ted, I just got a couple more questions for you. I wanted to ask you about Zay Jones. He's been getting more action each and every week as well. Uh, had eight catches, went over 100 yards for the first time in his career. What are you seeing from Zay that's that's allowing him to be such a uh, – not a go-to guy for Derek Carr, but someone that he could rely on as well? Yeah, I think with Zay Jones, he just has a really nice chemistry with Derek Carr. And he's really good at running routes against man coverage. I think that's a specialty. And not quite taking the top off of defense. I think they try to use him as that early on when uh, the Henry Rugg situation happened and it just wasn't his skill set. Uh, but I, I think he's just a really precise route runner, a really crafty route runner. And in this game, the Colts played a little more man coverage than they used to. At least that's what I think from watching the film initially. 
and he, he was able to get open against man coverage and, and beat these um, Colt corners. And, you know, he was huge in this game, just moving the ball, keeping them on schedule. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's how you want to use Dave Jones. I don't think you necessarily want to use him to take the top off defense. He just doesn't have that kind of speed. Um, so, you know, I, I think um, they, they found kind of a happy home with um, Dave Jones, especially if it's defense going to play more man coverage and start doubling Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it feels like they have a, a nice way of using him now. They kind of understand what he does really well and what he doesn't do really well. And uh, it's been working. though. It's been working the last few weeks. And, Ted, before I let you go, this week Justin Herbert comes to the house. He'll be at Allegiant Stadium. And he looks like he's, you know, maybe slipped a little bit the last couple of weeks, had a couple not bad games, but just not Justin Herbert, like, all-star type games. Uh, what do you think this defense is going to have to do to try to slow Herbert down in the Chargers and ultimately win the game to get the Raiders into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think they just have to play. Um, they have to play really. The pressure has to be on. Uh, you know, I think that's the the only way you you beat Herbert is if you really pressure him. Uh, he he's just so calm. He you know doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Um, I saw a stat today. He has a like a one percent turnover rate when he's pressured, and wow. you know, a one percent turnover rate when you're not under pressure is uh, it's amazing. So he <laughs> he's just so calm. He understands defenses. He makes. Amazing throws week in and week out. Um, so it, it's hard to beat Herbert. You know, it's um, you, you have to be able to pressure him with your uh, or your front four. And I know that's something that's kind of cliche to say because you can say that against any quarterback. But I feel like that that's what you you have to do against uh, these great quarterbacks in in order to uh, to beat them. It's hard to rely on a blitz, and it's not something the Raiders do anyways. Um, so they just have to play sound football, and they have to. To limit explosive plays and offensively, you got to help out your defense by holding on to the ball and, and scoring as well. Right, absolutely. Well, it should be a heck of a game uh, Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders, Chargers, winner gets in the playoffs. And I know there's some backdoor ways that these guys can get in without a win, but uh, you, you want to go win it on the field. Simple as that. So looking forward to Sunday night football, prime time on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Ted, you got anything coming down in the athletic that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? Some film work that uh, can educate some people on what they're looking at. Uh, I'm writing about Trey Lance's debut with the Niners. I don't know if Raider fans would be too interested in that, but um, I'll probably come up with something on my YouTube channel about the Raiders' defense or the uh, or Derek Carr's performance. There you go. Great stuff as always, Ted. I do appreciate you, man. I look forward to talking to you down the line. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic does a fantastic job with film breakdown and yeah, I, won't, I don't mind looking at some YouTube about Trey Lance. I think uh, he's going to have a bright future in San Fran. But, uh, yeah, definitely have to check that out. And whatever Ted decides to break down on film on his YouTube channel, you can find Ted on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Before we take a quick break, live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino like we do every single Monday night, I do want to ask for caller number nine right now. I want to get you in to win the Ultimate Raiders hookup. Say, Q, what is that? How about this? How about a pair of tickets to the game against the Chargers on Sunday? How about a pair of passes to the Winfield Club? And how about, on top of that, you win an autographed Max Crosby jersey? You can hang it on your wall. You can wear it to the game. Do whatever you want to do. Call number nine is what I'm looking for. Going to get you hooked up with a Raiders T-shirt. And more importantly, that immediately gets you in to win the ultimate Raiders hookup. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what I'm looking for. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do. 
to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. If you did not get hooked up for the Ultimate Raiders hookup, if you did not get in the win, don't worry. Every single show, every single show will be getting folks registered all week long as we lead up to the big game on Sunday, which just adds a little bit more excitement to the mix. So uh, we got more winning on the way. Damon, I appreciate the hard work that you got going on in the studio as you uh, have a lot of callers flooding the phone lines right now. I did want to get to one text real quick from Cucamonga Raider on the Salmon Ash text line, the 69187 keyword R&R. Game ball goes to Rich Basaccia. This week he just looked dialed in and managed the game better than previous weeks. That call to go for it on fourth and two sealed it for me. I heard his post-game news conference and he was very well prepared for what it would take to make a call in those situations leading into the game. If you notice, in the game he did not hesitate and the team was very well aware of his plans. As I'm hearing you talk right now, you're spot on. Let's come together. Let's come together starting this week and put all this crap aside. All that should matter is just winning, baby. Who gives a damn who you support on the team, if you're a for car or not? All that should matter is just winning. Cucamonga Raider, I couldn't agree with you more. And Rich Masaccia did a hell of a job on Sunday. And you're right, there was absolutely no hesitation when uh, the fourth and two came up. Everyone on the team knew that they were going to go for it, and they were dialed in. That was a big Stones play, a big Stones call, and got a big-time reward for it. So you got to give Rich Masaccia a lot of credit. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind, my man? My man, Fort Q Myers and D. Are you <laughs> kidding me? No, I was in that house you were living in when the Chiefs just gut stomped us. The Muppet King took us down. No more. <laughs> this team seems destined. This feels like 1980 when a young coach named Tom Flores took over for a legend, our legend, who now is the Fox emblem for, for life. Because that man... He needs his props. Donnie Madden made the Raiders. He made that mistake. Highest winning percentage in the history of the league still to today, 100 games plus. So I feel that momentum. And these Carbashians that just keep bashing us after he does that again, three games, three games straight, there's where you're – your uh, volatile thoughts are in Raider Nation. These guys are just keep stepping on Raider. I mean, DC junk. I mean, it's just, come on. <laughs> no quarterback in the history of this league has ever faced the adversity DC has faced. And he just keeps getting up, hurt, and just keeps winning. No quarterback has more fourth quarter comebacks than this man and you keep questioning him so i will call them out are you kidding me that's a boy that's our field general get behind this man john madden's looking down from heaven going let's take this ride like we did in 1980 this momentum we have we don't we haven't won in december in 18 years it's been pathetic this team's special, and those two defensive ends are eating. The whole defense is eating. Nate, you learn from this, boy. You have to learn from this because 
what Henry did. We don't have enough more receiver now because of that. So let's ride the crest of this wave, Raider Nation. Let's unite behind this quarterback. And the Kardashians that keep talking crap, single them out, get them out of the way. Because I'm done with them. They're looking gotcha. stupid now. Gotcha. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. And when I say, I, look, I get it, man. Everyone's not going to agree, and that's fine. I, when I'm talking about everybody just going after everyone's neck, there's just so much mudslinging and so much. I mean, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I know someone's going to hit me up and say, oh, Q, that's Sports Talk Radio. But, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. You know, everyone's here for one purpose. Everyone's here because everyone's a fan of the Raiders. Everyone loves the Raiders. We have folks that listen to this station that were other teams' fans and, and, and got juiced up and, and felt, the, felt the passion of Raider Nation and decided to become members of Raider Nation. I mean, it's just it's something special about who we are as Vegas Jess walks in the building. What's up, brother? How you doing, my man? And I'm telling you, and that's another thing. I have made so many friends based off the Raiders. I've met some fantastic people that are just great people in general. Put the put the football team aside, put everything else aside, just great folks. And that's what I can love and appreciate. And we all have one common thing that brought us all together, and that was the Raiders. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh, we're not always going to agree. There's things that Jess believes who just walked in that I might not believe. That's fine, but I'm also not bashing them. I'm also not talking bad about him, his, his wife, his kids. I, I'm, not, I'm not going there, and I've seen that. And that's what, that's what disappoints me. When I see that from Raider Nation, we do got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. I'm pretty sure Olsen is making the calls. Just win, baby. Yeah, you're right. Olsen's making the calls, no doubt. But you know that they had a plan. And Rich Versace had mentioned it after the game. We had a good feeling about if we got into a fourth and two, fourth and three situation, we were pretty confident in, in a play call we can go to that can get us what we needed to get done. So they had already worked on that. They had that. So, yeah, Olsen's calling the plays, but it comes down. It trickles down. From the head coach. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Autumn Wynn Aaron. What's on your mind, my man? Doing, man? Chilling, man. Blessed. Hey, so, um, you know, all of this controversy right now, it sucks. It is what it is. But we're going through it. But, like, what else can you do, you know? There's a, there's a big game that's going to happen on Sunday night. And hopefully I'll be there if you pick me. Wink, wink, hint, hint. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I, I like our chances, man. You know, uh, we our O-line, I, I got to get props to our O-line, man, because they're, they're making holes through everybody. The Colts front seven, the Broncos front seven, the Browns front seven, they're, they're good, you know. They're, they were good against the run. Right. And they're, we're finally, you know, making that push. And we, what it takes for playoff football at this time of year is a run game. And I think Josh Jacobs. You know, and the rest of that line is finally gelling together. That's what we need, you know. It takes so much pressure off D.C., and it's going to be our key to success against the Chargers, I think, because during that first game, we couldn't do jack squat. Right. You know, they, they, did, they did a good job. You know, the Chargers, they're a good team, too. I'll give them credit, you know. But I think we could beat them. You know, we came back in that game. But we were close, but it wasn't good enough. You know, we came up short and flat. We all know what happened. But I think, you know, with us, being there in the stands, hopefully me, you, DeMont, I'm just saying, you know. I'm hey, man, hoping, you're guaranteed I'm to hoping. miss a shot you don't take, man. Exactly, see? Just like DC throwing the ball downfield, you know. Right. I'm not going to be mad at him for throwing a pick down the field. He should have threw it earlier, but anyway, right. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm off topic. But, you know, I, I like our chances. That's I all do I'm too. saying, you know.
Good stuff, good stuff. I, I like the chances too. I think the Raiders have more, more than a puncher's chance to, to win this game on Sunday night. They just got to go out there and, uh, and make it happen, do what they do. And I think that the run game, what Josh Jacobs was able to do on Sunday, only 63 yards rushing, but they were an effective 63 yards. They really were. They opened up the play-action pass. Let's get one more call in before we take a quick break. My man DeMond said, Rossi in Australia, down under. Welcome to the show, my man. Down under, but organizing flight. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, my, my whistle tops tour is basically leave Melbourne on a Sunday morning, get into LAX, get to, get to Vegas about lunchtime, catch up with all of you guys, have some fun, watch the game, head back to LAX, head back to Melbourne. Nice. I'm doing, I'm doing it. Nice. That's awesome. We're, That's we're not awesome. Gonna have, we're not going to have a uh, – this is a playoff game, and it's yep. absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited. Uh, it's been a number of years since I've even been allowed to leave the country, let alone do something like this. So <laughs> it's uh, absolutely awesome. As for the fan base, uh, we, we all support the Shield. It's as simple as that. It's the helmet. Whether you love Carr, you hate Carr, whether you like Jacobs or you hate Jay, it doesn't matter. You want the team to win. Everybody needs to... I've, I've never even seen a franchise be upset about a win when they were upset that we barely beat the Browns. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, come together. Everybody hit Vegas on Sunday. It's going to be... Uh, look, the, the 15 Charger fans, maybe 16, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll all come out. We'll, we'll wait and see, but we're going to win, and we're going to win huge. There you go. I like it. Great call. Rossi and Austin, he'll be out here for next Sunday night's game. That is fantastic. And, again, going back to the best fan base in the world, that's what I'm talking about right there. Rossi in Australia who made plans and said, damn it, I'm going to be at the game. This is a playoff game at Allegiant Stadium, the first playoff game at Allegiant Stadium, and I'm going to be in attendance. And I'm excited about it because that's exactly what it is. It is a playoff game coming up this Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. Prime time, last game of the regular season for the 2021 season. 258 to time. We'll come back from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We'll be talking to our guy, Ed Graney, from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.